in devotion with me Reese, Tim, Andy and Liam we're back after an extended break are we all feeling refreshed oh yes we've all been just refreshing um, the red passion transfer rumours thread over the last five weeks instead um, but the fruits of that thread have been three uh, three signings uh, what do we why, why, Tim why don't you take us through the three signings first and we can have a chat about them okay so first through the door as to quote uh, a certain Dean Keats, was John Tuncliffe, uh, formerly of Crawley Town, was in the League Two Player of the Season, season four last or last season. Um, so, yeah, decent acquisition. Then Mark Howard came, very experienced goalkeeper, was at Carlisle, Carlisle United last time out and was their Player of the Season. And then lastly, um, the other day, Saturday night, came Elliot Lee, who's at Luton Town, he's had a couple of promotions under his belt. Um, he's found out on loan a couple of times, but also seems a very good acquisition, um, decent age, three-year deal. So, yeah, steady, but you know, slowly, but, but we're, we're getting there. It looks like we're, we're putting the jigsaw pieces into place. Yeah, they're three first-team players, aren't they, Andy? Top quality. Yeah, I mean, you've got to look at the three and think, are they better than who we released? And in every case, yes, they are. And it's nice to have <coughs> Jordan have some competition in midfield um, with, with Elliot. When I when I first sort of looked him up, I thought maybe he's the striker, but I think he sort of plays more attacking mid. I think he can play as a striker. Um, so you know, there's a bit of there's a bit of competition for Jordan there, which is which is good. Um, I wonder about the the system. I, I wonder how he's going to play it. Is he going to yeah. try and get Jordan and Elliot in in the same team? What do you think, Reese? I don't know. I, I, I was having the exact same um, problem myself trying to work out where he fits. Um, I mean, you could make an argument that you could play Jordan, him and Tom O'Connor, possibly sitting a bit deeper. Um, mm. Or, you you know, you could play James Jones. Oh, I don't know. As I say, I'm glad we've got him. I still think we're missing, unless they've, that they're getting Tom O'Connor ready for this role. I still do think that we, we're missing a bit of a... Uh, someone in midfield again to control things. I would like to see that one come in, but there's plenty of time left. Um, Liam, what did you make of uh, the Elliot Lee signing when it did come? I, I thought, in terms of the calibre of it, it's it's really decent. Luton players have said he was one of their best players before. He seems to have fallen out of favour a bit and been farmed out on loan. Like Andy, I'm trying to figure out um, you know where he fits in the team because it sounds like he can play out wide as well. Um, so that begged the question for me about, you know, what system we're going to play. I mean, Parkinson seems quite rigid in terms of formation most of the time. So yeah, it's, it's decent quality and it's just a case of seeing where he's going to play them in pre-season will be quite telling, I think. Do you reckon, do you reckon we're going to play more football next year? Because he's brought in the Mm. likes of Lee, who's comfortable on the ball. Now, you know, he's not the biggest. So if we're hamping it up to to Palmer all the time, I don't know if we're going to get a, well, a much joy. From well, that him. was, that was that's the one thing that um, I'm excited about Lee is, is the fact that he can play a bit wider as well, which would suggest that we're 
going to play a slightly different system to what we saw last season. Because a big part of the problem, I think, I say problem, we ended up getting 88 points or whatever. You know, we, we didn't struggle, we certainly didn't struggle for goals. But what I did feel was part of our limitation last year was we just, we, considering the star quality we had up front, the service wasn't amazing. Um, and, we, and, and a lack of someone who could basically get on the byline and get a good ball in or make something happen on the edge of the box to make that space for Mullingham, Mullingham Palmer. So I think yeah. that might be Lee's role. It's just where does that fit in? Does he, does he do it as kind of a free roaming uh, attacking midfielder and Jordan sits a bit deeper? I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, certainly. Yeah, I mean, let me qualify. We did play some good football towards the back end yes. of last season. So, you know, it, it, it wasn't a car crash. You know, it no. was, we, we played some good stuff. But it's just building on that. And I think the more sort of nice ball technical players we bring in, you more, the more you would think that we're there to play a little bit more football again. So it's just evolving the team, really, isn't it? I saw a... Um... Uh, comment from a random nobody on Twitter. Um, so we're going to discuss it now. Uh, 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 someone saying he could be a bit too techy for non-league. You know, remember we had Elliot Dowell on saying about, you know, talking about how little time you get in the National League on the ball. Is that, is that, do you think anyone think that could be true or is he, his quality will be too good? It's an interesting one because, yeah, like you say, Dowell never really impressed. I wasn't, you know, myself, I wasn't sure if that was down to application, down to technical ability. But it's the, it's the signing where that's intrigued me most and, and made me think like this is either going to go absolutely brilliantly or we're going to have this class player who just we can't figure out where to where to fit him in. Yeah, I, I should say I'm not comparing Elliot Durrell with with. Uh, I know <laughs> with, what you mean. Uh, with Elliot Lee. Yeah, exactly. I just kind of mean, um, you know, as you say, let's hope we can get the best out of him. I'm sure I'm sure the Parky will. Uh, anyway, um any other rumours, Tim? Have you heard any anything about the, our next signings? Nothing concrete. Obviously, the, the Tom Lowry um, uh, rumour seems to be doing the rounds, the the, the, the Larrick crew. Um, that seems to be gathering some sort of uh, momentum. So there's every possibility that could that could happen. Um, Sunday's mentioned that we're still looking at Stuart Dallas from Solihull Moors, which would be would probably be that midfielder you were describing a couple of minutes ago you know, somebody to dictate the game and, and grab it by the scruff of the neck so be very... that Dallas? I thought Dallas was a striker I thought he was a midfielder no when I watched the uh, playoff final he was definitely up front and he, he is pacey right I mean I both those names I would love either of them Larry well, can dictate you watched the final I, sucker for punishment that I couldn't even <laughs> oh, it was on before it was on before the Wales game mate I, I sort of couldn't turn it off um um, but but Dallas really impressed me. He was just yeah. direct. He was quick. He was a sort of different sort of front man to to, to Mullin and Palmer. And if there was one person we could go for to bolster that front line, I would definitely definitely want him. Yeah, I think he'd be decent. And the, the, another name that was mentioned is Isaac uh, Olaofi. I don't know how you pronounce his surname. Um, he plays from Millwall as a striker. But oh, he was on loan, wasn't he, this season? Was it Sutton? Was it? Yeah, Sutton. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. It, it's it's that classic stage of the season that you hear names, you don't know which ones are, are more we, legit than others. But we could do with some pace, couldn't we? I think you know yeah. uh, a better pace would not go amiss up top. I think or down or down the wings. No, I, th- I think we're, we're always. Yeah, 
Especially. And especially when you consider that the fact the apparent the so-called fastest player at the club, Tyler French, has now gone. So we we now uh, I don't think it's it's great when the fast your fastest player is a centre back, and then it certainly isn't great when that, when he leaves. Tyler French was quoted as saying in the, in the Dundee Courier that um, he wanted that the club wanted him to stay, but they they kind of worked something out for him to to leave. I'm guessing that he wasn't happy with the with the game time he was guessing he was getting, and, and it was time for him to move on. So. I, I read that interview and I thought it was, he said that he went to speak to Parkinson and then decided he wanted to leave. Mm. I mean, I, I think Parkinson was honest with him and said, look, you're not going to be first choice. Yeah. You know, you, you, you will play a part, but you're not. And it's good if you're going to be honest with him because you don't want players on the, on the yeah. sidelines who, who are unhappy. And fair play to French as well, to be fair. He's a young lad. He wants to play football. You know, he could have hung around um, and stayed another season or two, uh, but he wants to play football. So good luck to him. Anyway, shall we get on with our um, interview this week? Um, we are back to normal this week with another uh, great guest, someone who was integral for us during two spells. Uh, I'll let Andy introduce him. Right, after Nat Knight Percival left, we needed a ball-playing left-sided centre-half. Just one problem. As Joey Jones once famously said, they're as rare as rocking horse shit. We needn't have worried, though. All the way from Mansfield came a floppy-haired fella who fitted straight in. A first trip to Wembley, then a second, less successful one followed. This guy instrumental in both. After ditching us for league football, he was back a few years later and once again didn't let us down. But let's not mention his Twitter. Welcome to the centre half, who was often on the right wing, Martin Riley. How are you, Martin? <laughs> I see what you've done there. Yeah, I said that to, I said that to my missus before uh, before she went out. I said, "What about this line?" He goes, "What he thinks he's not on the right wing?" And I, I, I think I said to her, "I think he'll get it." <laughs> <laughs> All right, lads, thanks for having me on. No, no, glad to have you on, mate. So when we do something like this, we do a bit of research on people, and it's not just sort of looking at their socials or anything like that. It's talking to the people who know them. So I'm going to hit you with some, with some sort of things that people have said about you, and you can, you can tell me if you agree or not. Let's go, you can go after each one. So the first one was, good pro. <laughs> not sure about that. <laughs> <laughs> who said that? Uh, one, of the, one of the management, uh, one of the sort of uh, first time around, some, somebody in the, back, in the backroom scenes at Wrexham said you never gave them any problems. Yeah, no, I, I, I wouldn't say um, I wouldn't say I was the best pro, <laughs> right. but I've always I think I've been a good pro. I don't think I would have been able to, you know, had the career that I've had without being a good pro, really. But um, I think my mates would say that I like to bear as well. Well, there's <laughs> another one. Uh, yeah, there's another one. We'll get to, we'll get to that. Another one was glides around the field. That's nice. That's yeah. quite a compliment. I think so. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm not gliding very much at the moment. I tell you, <laughs> uh, you're still playing, you? Yeah, I'm still playing. Yeah, but Hensford at the moment. Right. I was I've retired about three times, but they've managed to suck me in again for another season. So, yeah, That's definitely last season. This one, though, yeah. <sighs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I've said that the last two start the last two seasons. I think that's going to be me. Um, but yeah, they've sucked me in again. I 
I suppose. Why not? Right, here's the next one, and it might relate to the first one. Should have played higher. Yeah, that's probably been said quite a few times to me. Yeah. Um, right, they're not all good. <laughs> one person said, wide boy. Wide boy? Yeah. I think what, what they mean is more of a bellboy wide boy than uh, than anything else. I think I think it can be it can be sort of explained in the next one. Has his fingers in a lot of pies. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair <laughs> right, here's another one. I'd love to know who said these, by the way. No, I'm not divulging any any. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've been caught out with that before. I'll tell you after. <laughs> Punching above his weight. Oh God, here we go. <laughs> the misses, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've heard it all before. And then the last one. I wonder if you can get who says this. Loves tattoos. Because <laughs> Christ said that. Yeah, I've got yeah, a couple yeah. of really good, couple of really good tattoos. To be fair, yeah. I, when I look, you, you've not got sleeves or anything, though, have you? You're not massively do, tattooed. Do you want to see it? Yeah. Where are they, mate? <laughs> Well, that says that says Malia 04. Oh my God! And that says Vegas 18. <laughs> they are that, fucking terrible. <laughs> shocking. That that first one, Malia 04. I paid 40 euros for that in 2004, and um, it smudged. It's not instantly smudged. Shocking. Yeah. On the shipping Malia, the first lads on their way. Um, oh, was this Melia, Molia, or Malia? Yeah, it looks like looks like malaria. <laughs> um, and then on my stag do um, in 2018, me and my mate thought we'd be funny to get another one, but that's the uh, that's the the highlight of my tattoos, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah, he didn't really elaborate much on that, so I think he must have known it was going to lead there. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Before we get to Wrexham, start off, growing up, did you always know you were going to be a footballer? Um, I think I probably did, you know. Um, my nan used to say to me, that I, I used to say it to her all the time, I'm going to be a footballer. Nah, I'm going to be a footballer. Um, so, <coughs> yeah, I think I, I think I probably did. Because um, when you... Were you that much better than everyone else when you're sort of growing up at school? Um, when I was when I was quite young, you know, sevens, eights, I started playing about six, six or seven, I guess, which is crazy mm-hmm. now because I coach kids at like two and three years old now. Like yeah. it's crazy, um, and I, I always remember being being one of the better players at that age, and then I had a real wobble. I can't remember how old I was, but um, real drop in confidence or form or ability or my body was changing. Um, and I didn't drop out of football, but I ended up getting dropped to the, the B team in my local um, local grassroots team. Um, and it, I was playing up front at the time, as probably all the best, all the better players are. Um, and one of, the, one of my coaches decided to drop me to centre midfield. Um, and eventually I ended up going back to centre-half um, and from as soon as I kicked back at centre-half I just like kicked on um, before you know it I was playing for the local district team the county 
Um, and then I was a real late developer on the professional academy scene. I think I was 14. I might, I might even have been late as, as 15. I got scouted for um, for Wolves at the, at the district, I think, or county. Um, so I only had probably 18 months in, in academy football before I got given my YT at Wolves. Um, mm-hmm. And then a year at YT, was it two years? A year, 18 months at, at, um, on the YT. And then I got a professional three-year pro deal at Wolves. So I was a, I've definitely been a late developer. But I think, um, yeah, I think in my heart of hearts or my head, I always knew I was going to be a footballer. Um, probably thought I was going to be a better footballer. Um, <laughs> we all do, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I've, 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 you know, I've had a half-decent career, so I've got no regrets. I've made a lot of bad decisions, but I've got no regrets. I mean, we'll, we'll get to that. First off... I mean, you say three years at Wolves, you never really established yourself there, but Kiddy is where you really sort to kick in. Um, tell us about your partnership with Crichton. Were you, were you, two, were you two sort of centre-halves together straight yeah. away? Yeah, um, not straight away, no. So I, I dropped out of Wolves at 21 and not played a first-team game, which was criminal, really. Um, I thought I'd, thought I'd walk into, like, League One. League Two, mm-hmm. I think Wolves were Wolves were yo-yo in between the Championship and the Premier League at the time. Um, you know, my first first team manager was Glenn Hoddle. Um, I had people like Jolie and Lescott and Paul Ince and Colin yeah. Cameron and like some real, real massive, massive names. Um, I never broke into the first team. Probably, probably wasn't good enough. Um, although. I remember coming close probably a couple of times to to sneaking on a bench or and maybe sniffing and playing, but um, it would have been nice to have been given the opportunity, yeah. um, you know, just to get thrown in and, and, and see how you get on. But yeah, um, yeah left left at 21. I went to Shrewsbury Town. No, I went to Bristol City on trial um, mm. with Gary Johnson. I thought I did really well there. I think they were quite pleased with me, but um, for whatever reason, I didn't get a deal. But he recommended me to Shrewsbury Town. And then I went in at Shrewsbury for the back end of that season. Ended up doing my medial ligament. Um, right. And then the following following summer, um, I found myself looking for a club. First time out of football, really. Looking for, look on the merry-go-round, looking for a team. Um, and I was scrambling, really. Not, mm. I played no games. I was 21, played no games. Um, and I went in at trial at Kiddie. Yeah. Um, and managed to force myself a, like a, a contract. Um, and then it was, I think it was two or three months before I forced my way into the team at Kiddie. Mm. Um, and yeah, look at that partnership with Kreutz, which was like um, just, yeah, probably like the perfect perfect centre-half partnership really um, yeah. obviously big big. you got a big lump head um, <laughs> just heading fridges at the back and then me who was the young kind of ball playing centre-half who could run and get about um, so yeah it was just it was it was probably a, like a match made in heaven really and, and um, I think me and Crimes ended up playing 
you know, most of the games, almost every game that season. We missed out on the playoffs by one, mm. by one game. So this was in the conference, was it? This is Conference North. Yeah, this was the, this was the National League. Yeah, this was the National oh, League. Yeah. Um, then I think Kreitz moved on. Kreitz went to Oxford. Yeah. He got bought by Oxford that, that year. And then I had another year kind of establishing myself um, in Kiddy. Played, I think I played 50 games that year. Um, mm. And then Yates, he took, took me to Cheltenham with him. He got the move to Cheltenham um, and took me with him into, into League Two. That was my first, first year in the league. Yeah. Um, just before we, we move on, I know you've sort of, said that, you know, Kreitz took you under his wing a little bit and, like, you were a good team. Did he ever grip you? Was there any, ever a time where he just sort of grabbed hold of you and just no. did, like, a went into beast mode? No. Kreitz is a gentle giant, mate. He's a gentle yeah. giant. He's, you know, he he looks big and horrible with his big tats and his big sniper's dream head, but he's a, he's a lovely guy, mate. He's a gentle giant. I've only, um, I haven't seen him lose to Temple once many times but he did there was one time but I think he uh, he shoved one of our little right wingers at Kiddy in the bath I can't remember what happened but I remember him giving give him a big shove and pushed him over in the bath <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a carry on film more than a, yeah. more than a... <laughs> so obviously you've got you, you know you, you played league football in with Cheltenham and then I think uh, you went to Mansfield, we're down in the conference again. So after after that, as I sort of alluded to earlier, we we, we really needed another centre-half. And um, do you know if it was Kreitz who sort of recommended you? Because you were a Morel signing, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. I think I think he kind of was. Um, I think it was, it was, I was, it was getting, so that was the year I, le- I left Cheltenham, was it? No, or Mansfield. So I left, yeah, so I left Cheltenham, then Mansfield, and then start the 2012 first season at Wrexham. That's it, yeah. Um, um, yeah, it was getting quite late in the summer, really. And I was, um, I've, I've been speaking to a, quite a number of clubs. I, I was a late signing in pre season that year. I'm pretty sure mm. I, was, I was pretty late anyway. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, Crichton's put me in. Um, it was done fairly quickly, I think. I knew Oaksy from the Wolves days, um, yeah. and yeah, I'd had a, I'd played really well against you in the in the season prior to it at, at our place. Um, remember when um, Mazza loved Jossie in the, yeah. in the in the it was windy, rainy. We beat you two 0 yeah. at our place. I was at that game. Yeah, it's yeah. still um, yeah. Yeah, Rob works on the way back, watching your keeper getting lobbed by uh, by their keeper. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't the perfect Friday. I, I, I've had yeah. better Friday nights, I'll be honest. <laughs> um, yes, there wasn't really much said about it. Yeah, just we got the deal done quite late. I come in um, and I, it, it, um, Westie and Westie and Cried started the season, didn't they? They, yeah. they started the season at centre-half, um, oh. which I was a bit disappointed about, but um, yeah, from from all accounts, like you know, he promised Westy like that he just des- well, he deserved his you know his starting spot. Um, and then unfortunately, I don't, me and Kreitz didn't even get to play play with each other because he did his cruciate. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, was it? Uh, Wait, Ebbsfleet. Ebbsfleet, uh, good memory. Ebbsfleet away. 
Did his yeah, that thing, well, that wasn't classic. Yeah. What was was it nil nil that one? Um, I, I can't remember. I know it was quite early early on in the season, um, and uh, yeah, it was a baking hot day. And yeah, I was, was at that time, I was thinking, God, I hope we get him back by about Christmas or something. And yeah. then it, I think it became pretty evident yeah. that that more or less finished his career, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah. Shame. Um, just go back to pre-season for one, just because it's quite in vogue at the moment. We've got our lads sort of coming back in for pre-season soon. Um, take us through what 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 you think is a good pre-season. What sort of works for you? Um, what sort of got you sort of started? Because looking at it, you know, you, you've, you have quite a few pre-seasons at quite a few clubs, so you must have experienced yeah. it quite a few different ways. Oh, yeah, I've experienced the both both ends of it. Yeah, the, the don't see a football for a week at the track. Yeah. Um, just getting absolutely blitzed on the track um, and obviously now um, the people are starting to do it the the, the other way uh, where there's balls out on the first day um, it's all ball related which is the right way to do it I think because we're all footballers aren't we that's what we're there for that's what mm. you've got to get fit playing football that's that's how you get it done you fr- throw your runs in um, alongside it but I remember the first year of it in League Two at Mansfield, and we we didn't see a ball for a week. We were at the track morning and afternoon for five days, just on the track. Um, and I'm sure we had a I'm sure we had a game that Saturday. Mm. It might have been the following Saturday. And lads had barely touched the ball, and I, I remember being feeling like fit as fuck, couldn't run <coughs> run around the track all day long. But as soon as it got chucked onto a football pitch, and it was like. You know, all twisting and turning and chasing and short, sharp. It was like, yeah, yeah. I, and I, I felt so unfit. Um, Sounds so like yeah. you get of injuries that way. Yeah, well, that's what they're saying now. You know, it's, it's wrong to start blasting, blasting the lads because they're going to pick up niggles. You know, you can blast the lads for a couple of weeks, and if they get injured for two weeks, they miss two weeks of preseason. So, um. You know, it's 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 more beneficial to keep the lads steadily building up to it than to to burn them out. Yeah, I'm um, just sort of going back to that first sort of season you came in. I know you said you came in quite late, but what did you think of the squad? So you've got big characters there like Jay Harris. You've got good pros like like Dean Keats. Did you sort of look yeah. at that and go, yeah, this is this is a step up, even even from Mansfield, which I know were, were quite well quite quite well financed. Yeah, I think we'd finished. I think we'd finished third, haven't we, that year? Mm-hmm. You'd finished second. You just missed out on promotion. You yeah. fit on the ninety-eight points. So oh, I knew God. I was. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I knew I was coming into like a successful team, which was fantastic for me. Um, so yeah, I knew I was coming into an, an already successful team, really. So I just wanted to come in and and, and play my part. Um, yeah, obviously everyone wants to be involved at the top of the top of the league. That's where the action is. Um, so yeah, it was exciting. Uh, yeah, coming into coming into a, a a good, solid team. I don't think you'd lost many players at, at that point, had you? No, no. no. Was there one player who sort of you know you'd seen them and you thought, oh, they're good, but actually when you saw them close up, you you thought, oh, hang on, they're really good. Um, no one stands out. No one stands out. It was mm. just maybe the brute, maybe uh, maybe Danny Wright, because um, when we played against when I played against him on um, that the game that se- the season before, 
Yeah. I didn't really, I didn't really rate him. You can't rate players on on one game or whatever, but um and he was so important for us that year. So mm. important for the team. Yeah. But it was just, it was a solid squad. It was a really good squad, you know. There was no there was no weaknesses really. Mm. Yeah. I think one thing that sort of led to that, um obviously there was a good cup run in that, which we'll probably get to in, in we'll get to later. But Again, we didn't go up. Did you feel that there was anything missing from that team? Something that could really, that we really needed that we didn't? Because obviously we'd we'd <coughs> we've gone so close with Fleetwood. We tried to keep it all together, um, yeah. but towards the end, I think you know we were quite lucky to get through against Kitty to get to the playoff final. We sort of dropped off a little bit towards the end. Yeah. Did you did you sort of even early doors think, oh, we need a bit more pace or or was not there early doors? Not mm. early doors. No Christmas. Christmas, it was very apparent that we we needed a little little bit more. We needed a little. We needed a striker, really, didn't we? Um, yeah. We needed a striker to, um, you know, to help Danny. Mm. Uh, we needed a few more goals because I think we were keeping clean sheets. We were, yeah. we were obviously the midfield was decent, but we we needed some more goals in the team. And um, and part of my frustration. Still to this day, is the is the fact that um, we didn't go out and, and get someone. You Christian Jolly. You Christian Jolly, exactly. Look, Newport went and spent twenty five grand on a striker. He got him promoted that year. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not saying we we Rexham will never have a better chance than that year to get promoted. Obviously, until last year, yeah. um, that that could have been. We were this close to getting promoted that year, and all we needed was a little, little help. Um, we needed to go out and spend some money and get a striker in, um, mm. and that was frustrating because um, if we'd have got promoted that year, you know, look, who knows what would have happened? Wrexham would have been a league club back in two thousand and thirteen. Yeah, um, and it's taken ten years, nine years for for Wrexham to get even another sniff of, of going back in, in the league. So, now, yeah. obviously, it's it's apparent that the the, the money wasn't there to, to go and get a striker. Um, mm. So, we got Deli Adibola, who, you know, good pro, but probably... Yeah, 38, <laughs> not what we needed. Um, so, that was frustrating. Um, and from what... Yeah, I'm not saying that that's the reason why I've got my thoughts on um, the way Wrexham was being run back then or whatever, because I know I do throw a lot of things on Twitter, but I've got nothing against the, the, the trust and, you know, they, they were doing things in, in the in the best best way that they thought for uh, for Wrexham Football Club. And I understand the his, historical issues that have been there as well. But, you know, we were so close, man. So close. Yeah. If they could have just, you know, dug, found some money from somewhere and and um, and um, and got us got us a striker. It could yeah. have been I mean, could have been Yeah. I mean we'll talk about the trophy, but you know, if we go through on that sort of theme to the to the playoff final, um, you know, you're going up against Newport, you've got a thirty seven year old, a thirty eight year old front up front and a left back. And you've got another 38-year-old to come off the bench. Now, yeah. if I'm a Newport centre half, I'm going, 
I'll have some of this. Yeah, it's, yeah. On a big pitch like Wembley, it, 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 it's not going to trouble me. And I think I think that sort of puts your sort of argument about the striker into start, start focus, really. Yeah. Um, well, he scored the he scored the winner against us, didn't he? Do you know what I yeah, mean? He, he scored the winner against us. Um, well, I'm 36 now, and God knows how Mazza and, and them lot were playing till 38. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. I know, I know. Yeah, I mean, Olmrod will always go on about that miss, but you know. Yeah, well, I listened to Brett's one as well. He went on about that miss, but he went on about six times, Martin. To be honest, <laughs> every time you thought he was over it, he was going back onto it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we played so well, didn't we? In the um, we did play well. We we mm. des- we deserve to go through, but that's football in it. That's football. Right, let's talk about a happier moment, and we'll sort of coincide this with a, a feature we do each, each week. Uh, it's called the Fearless Moment, which is something that during your time at Wrexham, and you know, it could be both spells, something that really filled you full of a lot of passion. Is there anything that comes to mind? Anything at Wembley, maybe? I don't yeah, know. It's, it's, an, it's an easy one, isn't it? It's Wembley. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, just no better feeling in the world. The, the best day of my life. I think I said it when I got married. Um, oh wow! <laughs> that was still the best day of your life when you got married. I think I think I said something on the speech, yeah, something about it being the, the best, the second best day of my life. <laughs> Fair play, and you're still married. Well, well done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think she thought I was joking, but I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> was it the whole sort of build up to that? I mean, I take it you've never been. You'd never been anywhere close to, to a, a match of that magnitude. You know, they're getting fit up for suits. They're going down a few days early. I can imagine you being the sort of person who'd really like that sort of, I won't, won't say ceremony, but that sort of yeah. occasion, really. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, first time at Wembley. What can you say? Like, you, you, it's everyone's dream, isn't it? Everyone's mm-hmm. dream to come and play there. And I managed to play there twice. Um, one short of, of Joe Clark, apparently. Yeah, um, <laughs> I don't think I started the first one. I, I, I seem to remember that. <laughs> yeah, just everything about it, wasn't it? It was, it was class. Um, the preparation, the match was. I probably would have been saying it differently if we'd have ended up losing, but um, the game went pretty well. I think we played quite well. Um, mm. Probably should have won it in in normal time, really. But um, yeah, and then just. Oh, just the elation, elation at winning it. You never, I never, never get a better feeling like that in my life. Um, well, you went down for a penalty, were you? Nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. You should see my shooting. Chris Westwood wasn't bad, though, was it? <laughs> oh, Westies was decent, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, I, I, I can't shoot to save my life. I was probably I was down the back somewhere. <laughs> well, how do you what prepare for like a, an occasion like that? Because obviously we've been to Wembley a few times since then, and it's all been <laughs> bad news. I mean, I don't know whether that's down to prep or what it is, but how did you prepare for that day? No different, really. Just try and prepare as well as you can. You're eating. You you step it up. You try and prepare for the Saturday the best 
all weeks really it's, it's weird you, you get you're geared up for the Saturday's match so everything you do um is to try and make you feel a hundred percent on the on the Saturday and it never happens like you could you can prepare unbelievably one week and then the Saturday game comes and you feel fantastic full of energy full of beans um and then you do the exact same next week and you come to the Saturday match and you feel awful. It's like, if there was a pill to make you feel unbelievable or the same every Saturday at three o'clock, they'd make an absolute fortune. Um, but yeah, just trying to prepare as well, eat the right foods, um, do everything properly. Yeah. We've heard a fast forward into after the game. We've heard a few stories sort of off the tape about the uh, the after party. Are there any you can share on it? <laughs> We're going back a long way now, aren't we? I, I remember Holt it being Lodge. very good. Yeah, I think it was Holt Lodge or something like that. I remember yeah, them. the Holt Lodge. Yeah, wasn't someone getting was pushed around in a trolley or something, weren't they? Glenn Little, I think, yeah. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, I ended up in town at the um, whatever club was there at the time. I can't remember. There's quite a few of us went into town. Um, I'm sure someone was on the DJ. I just remember it being a really, really good night. I mean, we were half bladdered on the coach, but on the way back. Special occasion, wasn't it? Yeah, it was really, really good. And, you know, for, for the fans as well, it must have been a great day out. 40,000 there, wasn't there? 38,000 or something. And then, Mate, it goes up every week. You know, yeah. it was probably around about 20, but it was in a couple of years, it would be. I was one of the 60,000 there. Yeah. <laughs> It'll just keep going. Yeah. So, yeah. fast forward to that, you know, we've had the, we've had the, the downside of the, um, of the uh, playoff final. Martin, why did you leave? You never seemed to stick around too long. You'd had a good season. Um, did you, you'd only signed a one year deal? Yes. Yeah, it was all one year deals. Um, I, uh, the only I only signed a two-year deal when I left Wrexham to go back to Mansfield and to back in the league. Just it was um, there's no doubt in my mind if we'd have got promoted that year, then I would have stayed hundred percent. But um, yeah, just just the the chance to progress and, and go and test myself back in the league. Um, just something that I couldn't turn down really. Um, it was going back to Mansfield as well, which was a team that I knew and, and a club that I knew and I'd, I'd had friends there. So it was just a bit of a, um, yeah, it was per, per, personal reasons, but I don't know, maybe in the back of my mind there was some sort of um, second thoughts and some doubts about the way that the, the club was heading at, at the time um, and, and the lack of investment that was going into the playing squad. Um, probably made it a little bit easier but um, it, it, it was I absolutely loved my year at Wrexham loved it probably the best year I've had in football as a, as a whole season in general the club the town the the football um, unbelievable so it was it was a difficult decision to make but ultimately it was one that, that I did end up leaving yeah I mean you know I'd I... This, the next sort of round of questioning was, was the lure of the Football League too much? I think you've answered that. But then I was going to ask, could you see what was going to happen? Did you have an idea in the long term that maybe 
Mozza wasn't going to get the budget that he really needed to push this squad on. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely, definitely, um, <clears throat> and, and no one ever told me that. That mm. was literally just a gut feeling that I was getting. Probably, maybe you know, a couple of things thrown in conversation here and there um, that the club, um, yeah, wasn't wasn't quite going in, in the right direction. Mm. Yeah. And I know, you know, it's a fans own club. They have debts to pay off. They have to yeah. cut their club accordingly. Yeah. So, you know, you can, you can sort of understand it. And I know we've had Spencer yeah. on and he's called the corner about, about what he had, what he and the rest of the board had to do. But <coughs> at the end of the day, for players and for fans as well, we've just had a great season. Yeah. We've been to Wembley twice. We would have thought we'd made money out of certainly out of the first the first one when so many yeah. went. We as fans couldn't really see how that side got worse the next season and yeah. didn't even if stay the same get a bit better. I think that was a frustrating for us. And you know, well, it was, frust- it was frustrating. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was frustrating for us that season. Like like we just spoke about before. Um, Frustrating for us because we felt if we'd have had a little push at the back end of that year, um, we would have we we would have gone up. So you know if we if we'd have just had a little, I say gamble, if we'd have had a little gamble that year, we could we could have got promoted. But I know I put some stuff out on Twitter and that, but I, I never never knocking what the, what the boards or the trust were doing at the time because they were working with what what they um, what they had to work with. My gripes were, were with the fact that certain people and certain fans at the club seemed to just accept that. Um, mm. And I knew there was a better way out there, mm. um, which is the way that it's gone at the moment with, with a new chairman coming in um, who seems unbelievable. You know, he's doing all the right things, saying all the right things. He's putting his money where his mouth is. I knew there was another way. But mm. I never experienced the stuff that you experienced with, was it Moss and, and Co? Yeah. Um, so I understand that there's some historical... Um, some fans some, some fans were just happy to have a club, Martin, and I can understand I mean. that. And I get that. I get that. I totally get it. You know, rather to have better to have a club than not to have a club. But, um, yeah, that, that my frustrations was that I knew there was a better way to do it. And Wrexham, in my eyes... Them as a club and as a fan base deserve what they're getting at the moment. Yeah. Um, I, the only thing I would say about about what, what you're thinking about the better way and everything, I think for the club it was maybe just a little bit too close to going out of business Yeah. yeah. to yeah. then yeah. go for broke again. And yeah. I don't know what Liam thinks about this, but just because we it would only been a couple of seasons, we've yeah. managed to like a, a, quite a good meteoric rise under under the yeah. under the WST. Maybe they just thought let's not try and get some outside investments that might not be right for the club. Just because we were yeah. so close, yeah. we still got debts to pay off. So maybe yeah, yeah. you know, I'm just paying devil's advocate here. I, yeah. I understand. What well, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, like I said, <clears throat> I've got nothing against um, anyone. At Wrexham, mm-hmm. um, nothing at all because I know for 100% that everyone who was involved at that time all wanted the best for Wrexham Football Club. So, um, yeah, you know, they they were obviously making making 
the decisions on what they felt was best for the club at that time. Um, yeah. But it was just it was just a bit frustrating for us as as players and 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 you fans as well because you, you've had you know four or five years of um, pretty average seasons. Is it really? Yeah, since then. Yeah, yeah. I'd say so. We flirt, if we flirted with promotion, it would be solidly followed by another eighteen months of of heartache. Yeah. And you know, we got into a position where we knew we would lose our top scorer every season. You know, we knew that one or two of our better players would go to the bankroll club of non-league or, or, or football league. And yeah. we accepted that. We accepted that because we loved the club. And we looked back at that period, the period where you were there, as a golden chance for us. But the yeah. thing is, for us, there would have been no better way to go up to the to the football league as a fan zone club. It would have been beautiful. Yeah, it would have been perfect. But it just didn't happen. And I think every year it didn't happen. It was more of a lottery that would ever happen. Yeah. And I think that's where we where we were really. So once you move away from Wrexham, sixty four games for Mansfield. I'm going off Wikipedia here, so tell me if I'm if I'm wrong. Uh, so a couple of couple of couple of seasons in the league. Then you went to Tranmere. We'll gloss over that one. Um, <laughs> was was that in the conference again? Yeah. So they'd just been relegated. Right. Yeah. 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 So another two years back in the league with Mansfield. Um, mm. First year we finished eighth, first season back in the league, good, really good season. And then for the second season, for some reason, they um, they pulled the plug on the money, um, and it and it dried up. And we had a, it was a struggle. It was a real struggle that second year. Um, but yeah. we, we managed we managed to stay up, um, and then yeah, I I was signed for Tranmere. Um, I mean, it's a big club, isn't it? You know, there's no yeah, there's massive no club, massive club, and we 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 were signing some top players. Our squad that year was was frightening, really. We massively underachieved that season. Paul Mullin, uh, no, 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 I missed him. Um, <clears throat> yeah, oh, it was it was wicked. I I loved. Uh, the club in general was was class, um, mm. but it's the worst. It was the worst dressing room I've ever had in my whole career. Um, it was just three goals, um, yeah, potentially. Just it was split right down the middle, um, split right down the middle. Little clicks, like the environment was horrible, toxic, um, a lot of blame culture, um, and. Uh, I absolutely hated it. Absolutely right. hated it. Um, it's yeah, like I said, the, the worst, the worst dressing room that I've been in in football. Um, and by the end of the season, it's probably one of. The, I said I've got no regrets, but I've made some bad decisions. But um, I probably probably should have stayed there. Yeah, because, yeah, because they they offered me a new deal at the end of the year, but I hated it. I hated it that much. Um, I wanted out really, um, and I spoke to spoke to Kreutz again, Agent Kreutz, um, <laughs> who who I think had been talking to Gary Mills, and he was like, "Well, obviously Mills, he'll take you back at Wrexham." And I just probably at the time just felt like I wanted to go back somewhere that I was that I was loved really, um, yeah. because it had been a football wise, it had been all right. 
um, I'd finished the season strongly, but it was just the the atmosphere and the the um, yeah, just the dressing room. It was it was not not a nice environment to to be in, um, which probably made my decision to come back to Wrexham a bit easier, really. Yeah, I mean, when you come say about bad decisions, I mean, we don't look back on that second year of Gary Mills. Liam certainly doesn't with with any sort of great great fondness really yeah. I think obviously we knew you were coming back um who we we knew and trusted but the rest it seemed to be a little scattergun what I'm going to say mean by that is you know you come into the you come into the dressing room of Harris Keats and Ashton the yeah. first time around this time you're coming into Ben Sharif Bakari and yeah, some yeah. guy called Harvey I can't even remember his bloody first yeah, name yeah I, I totally get that well I remember speaking to Mills and I was like listen you know I, I think Tranmere we're going to be up there next year you know, if I'm coming to Wrexham then I'm going to be coming to get promoted again um, and he was like yeah yeah obviously we're going to we're going to be aiming for promotion but um, yeah I think it was quite apparent not pretty soon after I got there that um, that that wasn't going to be the case. Um, yeah. As I asked you earlier, was there one player who really surprised you how good they were the first time at Wrexham? I'm going to ask the same question again, but I'm going to swap it round to, was there one player that you thought, fuck me, shit? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I can't say that, can I? <laughs> I can't say that. No, I, I won't, I'm not going to dig out any players like that. But um, yeah, I just remember like coming in and thinking, "This is a poor squad. This, yeah, this is yeah. a really poor squad." It was, it was, the, it was the worst squad that I that I'd, I'd played in, um, and it was quite apparent, you know, not long after we got there, that that um, that, that was the case. So I was a bit, I was probably like a bit disheartened the fact that I'd um, I'd, I'd turned a contract down at at, at Tranmere, and I've I've coming into back to Wrexham, which I'm I'm I've just last time I was here we was in the um, trophy final in the playoffs, like competing at the top of the league, um, and and I'm thinking oh, we might struggle this year. Yeah. I tell you what, mate, after two pre-seasons, I wasn't thinking we might struggle. <laughs> I was pretty sure we were going to struggle. It's going to be difficult for you to put your finger on, given that you weren't there for Gary Mills's first year. But from your perspective, what do you reckon happened there with the signings? Because I know people might say it was money, but then people like Keats were able to get a little bit more out of the budget, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I've got no idea. Because you'd had a decent season, hadn't you, before? Yeah, yeah. You'd beat, you'd beat us, you'd beat us at Tranmere, hadn't you? Yeah. Um, away. Um, some of the football we played in that first season was amazing. He, yeah. he had some good ball players like Moke and a lad called Dom Vos. He, you know, he had he had some lively strikers. He had Manny Smith. I, I the only thing I can think is he they didn't get promoted and he threw the baby out in the bathwater. Who he he released. Yeah everyone and tried to yeah. rebuild again and maybe didn't have the stomach for it. I don't know. I've got no idea. No idea. It's strange, isn't it? Um, I mean, the obvious thing is, is budget-wise. You know, was his budget cut again? Because some of the players that I know were, were coming in were on like, they're on peanuts really. 
Um, so that, that's the the um, the yeah, the obvious one is was his budget cut, which probably was. Um, but yeah, strains. Seeing as he got rid of some kind of like established national league players, didn't he? Really? Yeah. What was the what was the dressing room like when you first got there? Because obviously, I don't think Gary Mills only lasted a, a few months, didn't he? After that, but what was it like during that time where he was still there? Um, it was it was all right. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, yeah, it was fine. Um, no problems what whatsoever. Um, Obviously, I met me mate, me mucker tilt here. Um, we used to we used to drive in together. So yeah, it was it was absolutely fine. Um, I know there was a few a few of the players that obviously weren't buying into the um, uh, to, to Millsy and and his his motives. Um, but the dressing room was was fine. It was there was no issues whatsoever. Yeah, we probably done it to death a bit in terms of you know his his methods and things like that, but. What were your thoughts on the uh, whole, you know, going to the pub before match? Like, I think Friday nights, wasn't it, or something like that? Did it yeah. strike you as as unusual, or was it something yeah. you've seen before? <laughs> it's going to sound strange now, me, me um, disagreeing with having a drink. <laughs> because there's not many times I do disagree with having a drink, but um, yeah, it wasn't. I just, I just wasn't, but I just wasn't having it. Just wasn't not just um, not it wasn't just the drinking. Um, I just wasn't having um, just the stuff we were doing in general. Um, that training on the training pitch and yeah, I'm training. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, Kasky was decent. Kasky was decent. Um, was a good coach, but yes, yeah, so maybe it wasn't really the coaching, but just just some of the general stuff that we were doing. Um, I I couldn't get on board with it. Um, not a Skittles player then. What's that? You're not a Skittles player then. <laughs> Skittles and sausage, sausage and shit but he's on the Friday. Yeah. Um, a few points. It was like, um, we used to, I couldn't get my head round. We used to, we'd be playing talking and we used to go down the M6 when we should be going down the M5. Um, we'd go down the M6 to stop off at the same pub where Millsy grew up or, or, or whatever um, to have a game of Skittles and greasy sausage and chip butties. And and it'd put, not only would it would we did we do all that stuff, but it'd put another like three hours on, on a journey, four hours on a journey. It was just like bonkers, bonkers. Me and I remember Jao, me and uh, Schwan were like, what are we doing here? Yeah, strange. Yeah, I think very much a man of his time. I think um, it was probably good that he got put out of his misery a few months into that season. Keaty came in. Um, did, was he the manager you would expect him to be? We, did you car shed would you, the first year? Or no, no, were? no. We never came in with Keaty. No. Yeah, he come in as a breath of fresh air, really, Keaty. Um I left. I, 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 he come in. I was absolutely buzzing to see him. To be honest, um, you know. Just, yeah, skittles in the back of the car. Would you been so keen then? <laughs> <laughs> um, just a familiar face, you know. Someone that had been there and done it, and um, 
he obviously come in and shook shook things up straight away, didn't he? Which which was obviously needed. Um, yeah, and then by the end of it, um, just really disappointed with him, really. Um, with yeah, the you were a player of the season, but you got released. That yeah. must have been pretty surprising. Yeah, just just in general, the way that he, he, he treated me the back end of that year was like pretty. It's borderline disrespectful, to be honest. Looking back now. Um, I wish I'd probably handled it differently myself um, because um, I, I went into the office about three or four weeks, probably to the back end of the season. And I, and I was like, you know, what's what's going on for next year? Because obviously I, want, I need to know what's going on. You've got your shipping players left out left, right and centre. Obviously, he's trying to save for the budget for next season. Um, you know, we're, I'm playing with kids. We're playing with kids at the back here. Like we, 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 need, we got close. We had a sniffer get, getting into the playoffs that year. We come, we didn't come close, but we were on a we were we were on a roll, weren't we? Mm. Um, and we were starting to really, really think that we were going to get in the playoffs. Um, and I remember we lost two 0 to Gateshead at home, and that kind of killed it. Um, he had a go at me after that game actually for. One of the, I think it was might have been Jordan Burrows or something. He hit a volley from like twenty yards over his shoulder, right in the corner. And I'm sure Keatsy like had a go at me for that at the end of the game. I'm like, <laughs> I can't do anything about that gaffer. Um, anyway, I'm going off track there. Uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, we were gonna, we were, we were on a good run, and, and we honestly thought um, he brought in Russ Penn, my mate. Yeah, we honestly season. thought. We honestly thought we were going to, um, we could sneak in the playoffs here. And then um, as soon as the playoffs gone, it was like, well, well abandon ship. Every, get everyone off, everyone off we can. Tilty left. Um, um, he was, he got rid of runes. Um, he was just, obviously just trying to build his budget for next year. And, 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 um, I, was, and I was thinking, well, you know, I've, I think I, I'm pretty sure I've played virtually every game for Keita when he come in. Every game. Um, I don't think I missed any or missed many. Um, and then, yeah, coming out of the meeting, probably being a bit bit older and wiser now, um, I didn't really get the um, the answers that I probably wanted from him. So I should have, I should have smelt something was kind of... Um, Kind of up at that point, but my my one of my biggest regrets is is um, looking back now uh, from from hindsight. I, I would have said to I would have said to him, listen, you know, I'm 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 playing every game for you. Um, I'm doing well for you. I'm putting a shift in. I'm putting my my bollocks on the line every week for you. You've got me playing with kids. You know, we've got loanies, loanies left, right, and centre. Um, I want a contract for next year. Give me a contract for next year, else I'm not playing. Um, but I was too I was too nice at the time to say that because I wanted to play, and it's um, it's it's not a nice position to put to be in and say, listen, I'm not playing. But yeah. looking back now, I and and obviously he did he did like release me. Um, I would have said, put a contract on the table now. Else, I'm not playing again, and then I would have known. Um, yeah, 
Where I know what you mean. You're forcing, you're forcing his hand a little bit. Forcing I mean, his hand a little bit. Yeah, were you one of the top earners? Were you one of these people who were on a Mills contract if they played over a certain amount of yeah, games? Yeah, I was. What is this is another thing that really massively disappointed me about him because, um, yeah, you've you all probably you've all probably heard about the Mills contract for thirty games uh, trigger a new deal. So yeah, I was one of those lads as well. So we'd already seen what he'd done to Rooney. Um, um, he'd obviously not played him when his thirty game was up. Where did Runes go actually? Did he go to Barrow? Yeah, yeah, I think so. he did. Yeah. So, um, yes, we knew it was happening. I think it happened to a couple of players as well. I think Hamza maybe might have had a 30-game clause and yeah. Hamza went to York with Mills in. So he was triggering it. And I had a 30-game. What's that? Was it Sean Newton on that as well? Or? Um, already gone, I'm not he? sure about Newton's. Uh, one thing about Rooney, he didn't go to Barrow. I think he went to Giles. Gress, Geisley. Yeah, he went and I couldn't understand yeah, yeah. it. I couldn't understand why he would go there, but you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and it was the it was the thirty game clause. So, yeah. so a couple of weeks, couple of weeks um, from the end of the season, and I'm so at that time it was me tilting. There was there was Gareth Barry. Uh, I think Kai was still there. Um, I think Caro was still there, and we're all talking about like. So it's the week to, week to the end of the season, and we're all talking about this thirty game, and, and they're all like, well, "Yeah, lads, like my my thirtieth games, like the last game of the season." Yeah, and then we're all talking. about that? Nah, he must not. And the lads are going, "Nah, sure, I don't know if he does know." You know, like everyone's trying to work out whether he knows it's my thirtieth game, uh, or he doesn't know it's my thirtieth game. Is he going to play me? Is he not going to play me? So the whole week's going by, yeah, and and nothing's been said. So the closer we get to the game, and everyone's going, now nah, surely he would have pulled you by now. Surely, if if he if it's your thirtieth game, he's not going to play you. He would have pulled you in and said, "Listen, I know it's your thirtieth game. Um, you know, I can't play you. I can't play you Saturday because I can't afford to trigger your clause." Blah blah blah. Right. right yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So it goes the whole week. Nothing's been said. We've got Eastleigh away on the last game of the season. We're on a coach, get the coach down to Eastleigh away. Um, we're all on the coach. Well, was you playing? <laughs> like, you playing? He, he must have. He must have missed it or or something. Um, and then, obviously, have an overnight stay at Eastleigh. Not pulled once. We get off the coach on the Saturday. Obviously, everyone's running into the to the uh, changing rooms to see the the team on the board, and then we walk, right. we walk in, walk in, and uh, my team, my my name's not on the team sheet. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, like what what? Not said a word to me. Not said a word. Stuck me on a bench, and I'm thinking, what what the like? Yeah. Could it not just pull me at, at some point and have a chat with me? Um, and then, yeah, obviously finished the season. I think I even come on in that game. Come on for someone who got injured. So I'd play. So it was just 30 starts rather than 30 30 appearances. starts, that's it. Yeah, right. yeah. Okay. That, makes, that makes more sense. Yeah, that's fair it. enough. So I ended up coming on for someone for played 30 games anyway, but it wasn't 30 mm. starts. Um, so I'm, I'm obviously 
I know something's not quite right, but I was probably thinking that it was more to do with the money. Um, mm. They can't afford to pay you what you was on next year. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, season finished. Obviously, I think I won five five out of the six player of the season awards or something, but I was mm. still a bit different because Tilt, Tilt, you would have mocked up. Tilt, you would have yeah, won yeah. all of it because he was unbelievable that year. But, you know, I was I was just fortunate that, that he um, he'd left, um, hence why I got, hence why I, and, and Rooney, Ruins would have obviously been up there as well. Um, so, you know, I was, the, I was the best of the bad bunch at the end of the day. But yeah, just, and then, and then the following day I come in the office and he, and he, and he says, um, yeah, there's, I'm not going to offer you a deal. I'm like, mate, like, that's embarrassing. The way you've had, just handled that, man. Just be, just be a bloke about it. Um, do you think that, do you think he would do things? I mean, that, that's his first sort of couple of months in management. Do you think that's the sort of thing that he would learn from and maybe do a little bit different? Or do you think he was that really that ruthless as a manager and would continue to I don't do? think it was ruthlessness. I just think I think it was cowardice, really. Right. In my mm-hmm. personal opinion. I didn't yeah. I don't think I don't think he, he wanted to have that, that conversation with me. Um, right. maybe he didn't know. Maybe yeah. maybe not made his, his mind up. Um but uh, he could have. He could have pulled me. He could have pulled me when I went in his office and said, "Listen, I'll be honest, Riles. Like, I'm not sure about next yeah. year. Um, you know, and I, I still would have gone out there and 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 played my heart out for the for the jersey. He's probably thinking, yeah. I can't afford to tell him. I can't afford to tell him what I'm thinking because he might down tools or. But, um. One thing I've learned in all my years in football is people respect honesty. Mm. People respect honesty, and and there's there's not a lot, there's not enough of it about at the moment, um, or over the years. Just be honest with people. Like Mick, when I got when I left Wolves at twenty twenty one twenty twenty one, Mick McCarthy sat me down. He was like, um, "Yeah, listen, you're not gonna, you're not going to play. You're going to need to go and find." Um, find a club and carve your career out elsewhere. I was like, what can you say to that? All right, Gaffer, no worries. I'll take it on the chin and you move on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just just a bit of lack of respect for me, really, as someone that had played for him um, and with him. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, I think it's the and with him, isn't it? You know, you know you'd been teammates for, for that successful season. It's not like you were... A guy you'd only met a couple of months months before, but ah, yeah. Listen, football football's football. It's ruthless. It's, it's not a very nice industry. I don't. Um, I will never knock someone for for doing things that they believe's the right thing to do. Keats yeah. thought it was the right thing to do to get to to not offer me a contract that year. And to be fair, I think he bought in Sean Pearson and and um, Manny Smith back, didn't he? So yeah, he did. you know. He, you, I can't, I can't knock that as a person, as and as a footballer, um, but just the way that that he handled it, um, and me was was disrespectful. I think, yeah. Have you ever met or spoken to him since? Um, no, I don't think I have. I bumped into him at the at the me and Clyde saw him at the. Uh, um, 
the UB40 concert that we had at the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had no idea that that was going to be the next thing that came out of your mouth. <laughs> Remember the UB40 concert at the, at the race course? Did he have a red wine with him? <laughs> oh, he was lagging. He was lagging. He was steaming. I was I was probably steaming as well. But we had, we had a brief chat there. But um, yeah, I, I don't know if that's something that uh, I, I, I was obviously pissed off at the time. But um, uh, yeah, maybe that's just as I've got a little bit older and uh, a little bit wiser. I've probably I've grown stronger feelings on on that situation. Yeah. And that was that was the that was my last time in that was my last year in um pro- full time professional football that was. So Wow, that uh, is surprising because I mean you would have only been about thirty then. I was thirty one, you know? I think. Yeah. Coming yeah, 30, coming 30, probably 30, into you, know, you would have fought a few good seasons. I mean, did that knock you back a little bit? Is that why you didn't really find find on or, or had other things in your life sort of overtaking it a little bit and you were thinking well maybe maybe I've got business interests maybe going more part-time would, would suit me um I think I don't I think I was I, I was I was probably looking for full-time football but I don't hmm. there wasn't anything out there at the time um Halifax were in the same we're in the National League they were in the same league, but they were part-time. So I signed for Halifax that, that summer um, with Billy Heath. Um, and it was part-time. So, so yeah, National League, same league, but they were part-time because they'd just come up from the um, from the, yeah. the Conference North and they were looking for an experienced centre-half with experience in the league. So, um yeah, so that was my first first year at, at part time. That was um, at Halifax, and it, I cannot for the life of me understand why I went why I signed for Halifax. Because <laughs> <laughs> I spoke to Billy, I spoke to the gaffer, and I thought, Do you know what a guy, what a guy, class, and he still is. I love him to bits. Um, but he rang me. I think he. I remember him ringing me at one o'clock or something in the um, in the afternoon. I was at home. I lived in Bromsgrove at the time, so I was I was South Birmingham. Mm. Um, and he rang me, and he was like, "Yeah, yeah, come on, sold sold me the dream." Um, I remember putting it in my sat nav. Rich Pennicutt, who my mate from Hagley, he he'd already signed for him, um, or he was already there. Um, Oh no, no, that's not that's not right. Penny had left and gone to Gateshead. So yeah, so I, I put it in my sat nav and um it said two and a half hours. Wow. And I was like, two two and a half hours twice a week. Yeah. Um there was a car school. I meet one of the lads um up in Stoke. And then we'd we'd pick what was it two of the lads? We had a little car school anyway, we picked two of the lads up and we'd all go up together. I was thinking you're only driving once a week. Um two and a half hours there, two and a half hours back. Like I can handle that. I can handle that. Um my first training session took me four hours and forty five minutes to get to training. Right. 
I got stuck in traffic in Birmingham. I put it in in the middle of the day. It's in two and a half hours. I got stuck in rush hour. I got stuck in Birmingham. I got stuck in um, Manchester. And then they moved training another 45 minutes into Leeds. I got stuck in traffic in Leeds. I was like, I was literally driving to training thinking, what have I done here? What have I done? Mm -hmm. Um, But I say fortunately, I did my, I ruptured my PCL about five or six games into the season. Um, And the gaffer was wicked. He just said, listen, get your treatment down in, in, um, Birmingham um, so I didn't have to tr- I didn't have to do it well, I wouldn't have been able to do it I just physically would not have been able to to travel that far um, mm. so yeah that was my first experience in, in part in part time football and I'd, 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 I missed the whole season for injury ruptured PCL um, and, a, and, a, and a nearly five hour journey to training what a season few questions we normally ask the quick fire questions it's about your time in Wrexham first person that comes to mind who out of your both spells was the most skillful um both spells first spell I mean no it can be anyone from the first or second I mean I'm, I'm going to take a guess it probably wasn't the second spell but you know anyone <laughs> it probably is not Callum Powell but um <laughs> um probably say I'll probably go with Blakey, although obviously yeah. his legs his legs had gone. But when he was playing with us, he was thirty seven. But his feet, his feet, and that you could tell he, when he was playing in the prem. You know, you could see he, he would have been a proper player. His, his technique and, and his and his feet on the ball. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Blakey. Oh, he's a good one. Who is the worst dressed? Pfft, easily Brett Ormrod. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes when you just, you just know the, the seasons they played, you just know the answer you're going to get. And I know there's another one coming up, which I know you're going to say the same person. It's interesting when you don't know. <laughs> right, the next one is, uh, who's the most underrated? Which player didn't really get the plaudits? There's two, two coming to mind. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say Johnny Hunt. Yeah. And, and Joe Clark. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Joe Clark's a, a good shout there. Yeah, Joe Clark's like, um, yeah, I think Joe Clark's a good shout. But Johnny Hunt was quite similar as well, you know, not one of the um, probably like one of the like main faces that you'd say, but just come in and do a job for you every time he plays. Never let you down. Play left back, midfield, on the wing. Yeah. Who was the biggest moaner? Neil Ashton. Yeah, yeah. Hang on. Every single time. We should call this the, the Neil Ashton, who was the biggest moaner question. <laughs> yeah, Neil Ashton. I remember lo- actually losing my head. I remember my, it was my, we'd, we'd come out on the pitch at the uh, race course at half time and he was moaning. He was moaning at, at something and I, I literally just lost my head. I was like, will you shut the fuck up? You're pissing me off. You are. <laughs> Absolutely. Keaty loved the moan as well. Mm. Um, 
Yeah. yeah, you must have been right, right next to Ashton when he was in full moan as well. Yeah, Ashy <laughs> and Keaty. Yeah, I was sandwiched in between two of them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the last one is, um, who's the hardest? Who didn't, who didn't you want to fight? You've already said that Kreitz is a softie, so we're not having that one. Yeah, big softie, yeah. Um... Do you know what? I'm going to say, I'm going to say Westy. Mm. I'm going to say Westy. He's a strong boy, man. Strong boy. Like, he used to be big on the gym. He's in unbelievable. (laughs) Like, lovely guy. Lovely guy, Westy. Me, me, Joe and um, and Westy used to travel in together from Birmingham. So that was our little car school. So we had, we had some good times together. Um, Mm. But yeah, I've never seen it happen, but, I think Westy, if if he switched. Yeah. yeah. Right. We've done football. I took a I took a, a troll through Martin Riley's uh, Twitter yesterday. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna give Here we some, go. I'm gonna give some loves and hates that I think <laughs> Martin Riley's Twitter likes. So first thing I'm gonna go loves. First off, the Queen. So I've got to say love or hate? No, no, no. I know you love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, so from from your Twitter, you've got the Queen, Britishness, (laughs) Love Island, but I'm not sure about this season. Um, Look, hit or miss on Love Island. And and I think you do have a soft spot for Wrexham. No, I've got more more than a soft spot for Wrexham, yeah. yeah, I know. I, f- I throw some some um, controversial stuff on Twitter yes. sometimes to get some to get some uh, some bites, but <laughs> people just take it too seriously, don't they, man? Like, I mean, this is going into some some of the hates of Martin Riley: COVID, <laughs> COVID vaccines, masks, lockdowns, Extinction Rebellion, and mm, I'm not sure about this one. There's a couple of tweets: the NHS. No, nah, I've got nothing against the NHS. Um, I, 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 I think I think it could be run a lot better. To be honest, I've got nothing against the people that work for the NHS. I mean, we talked to Kreitz about this before you came on. Kreitz said, "Look, I know he's a bit he's a bit full on on Twitter, but you know, I wouldn't be mates with someone who's a dickhead, and he's not a dickhead. And sometimes he just puts stuff out there to get a bit of a bite. And yeah, I do. It, I do. It, it works. I tell, I tell you what, you what I tell you what, you all, you all, you all." Um, you're all clicking on now because I'm not getting hardly any bites like I used to. I think you've all sussed <laughs> it out. <laughs> I mean, look at looking at your loves. It, it's not the average Wrexham fan. Well, apart from the Wrexham bit. Yeah, I know that. I know that. Don't worry. I've, I've had to stick for. Um, I remember at Mansfield, um, my last season at Mansfield, um, and it must have been the 2000. And, 15 general election, I'm guessing. Um, and I'd obviously put put some um, conservative opinions onto, um, onto my Twitter feed. Bearing in mind, I'm at an old mining town in Mansfield. <laughs> um, very similar to Wrexham. Uh, and they were singing... It was our time, last game of the season, and they were singing "You Tory." This was my own fans, by the way. "You Tory, <laughs> You Tory, Tory wanker." <laughs> I mean, yeah. in the love and hate list, in the love and hate list, I don't know where 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 we'd put Boris. 
Yeah, well, I had such high hopes for him. High hopes for him, but he's been a shambles, hasn't he, really? Yeah. Um, I'm just, yeah, disappointed. Disappointed, really. Um, all, all I want is a is a um, a genuine, true conservative government in charge, and and um, oh God knows what these lot are at the moment. Um, I think everyone can say to say they're they're a shambles, aren't they? Really? Um, yeah. As far as the lockdowns, I think it's going to be the biggest, biggest um, kind of policy error if you can call it that's bigger than a policy area really that I think history is going to look back on on those lockdowns um as one of the worst decisions that the country's ever made to be honest um yeah obviously you got Brexit done which I was um pleased you know about I missed bloody Brexit <laughs> how could you miss that you know, I went back 18 months <laughs> <laughs> would you class yourself as like a I suppose what you'd call a traditional conservative, then. Yeah, yeah. So I, I class a hundred percent traditional conservative, um, conservative voter. This, this Tory party. I'm a conservative, not a Tory. This, this, these Tory, this Tory party at the moment have, have got no re- resemblance to any conservative values that that I, um, that that I uh, respond to. Um, I've, I've got no idea what's going on in politics at the moment. It's 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 just a, it's just a shambles. I'm really quite apathetic about it all. Um, I, I, I love my politics. I do. Re- well, I used to. Um, you know, got really into it with the Brexit vote and stuff. Um, really started looking into um, ideologies and. Um, you know, f- fiscal and monetary policies of traditional left and right wing governments, um, but at the moment, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I don't even want to listen to it anymore. I, honestly, I think I think they are both the same side of the same arse cheek. That is that is how I feel about politics at the moment. Um, do do I think Labour do a better job? Probably not. Um, am I disgusted in, in, in some of the stuff that's going on in the Tory party at the moment? Yeah, 100%. Um, I'm honestly starting to believe that voting's a waste of time. Um, the, that, the, the vote is supposed to be like the one thing that we, we have a little ounce of power in over, you know, a little, a little choice, a little decision, a little, little bit of power to kind of um, choose the government that we want. They go and do whatever they want anyway. They go yeah. and do whatever they want anyway. Like whether it's left wing government or right wing government, at the end of the day, this is this is how I'm starting to believe. And it's it's only since COVID that I felt this way. They're gonna do whatever they want and they don't care. They don't care what the little guys think. Um so that that's 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 how I feel about politics at the moment. <laughs> full di- full disclosure, I'm I would class myself slightly left to centre, so it wouldn't surprise you to know that I don't agree with everything. Yeah, of um, course. Well, that's no, that's yeah, what it's no, that's, about, that's how it? it that's how it should be. And I, I think the difference between social media, and I, I've always said this, I can chat to people in person all day yeah. about politics. doesn't matter what their views are, if they're different to mine. Have a chat to someone in person. You can talk fine about it, can't you? Quite civil. 
Whereas I think social media sometimes it just, I don't know, it's naturally polarizing. So yeah, you can't just say I, I don't agree with you. It's you're this, you're that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't get me wrong. Listen, I, 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 <laughs> I know I'm throwing this, a lot of the stuff that I put out is I'm I'm doing it to get a, a nibble out of people. I'm doing it to get a reaction. Um, which is probably a bit childish, really, but um, <laughs> I've always been a bit of a wind-up merchant. Um, but I'm gen- generally really interested in, in the stuff that I tweet about. Um, yeah. I'm generally interested in politics and and um, and, the, and the big things that happen in, in the country. Um, so it, it's it's something that I do like to talk about. Um, <clears throat> I, you know, you've always got the, the lads that come on or the, or the girls and shut shut up fucking you don't know what you're talking about you don't know what you're talking about um you're talking shit um no i'm not talking shit i'm just hold a different opinion to you do you know what i mean like i don't talk about anything that from from um from a point of ignorance or at least i think i don't um you know i won't comment on anything that i don't believe that i, I know what i'm talking about uh, but at the end of the day, it's opinions, isn't it? It's opinions. Yeah. You know, uh, Wrexham is is a centre-left socialist fan base, um, which is fine, which is absolutely fine. Got, got no, I, I hold different different views to them, and that's absolutely fine. As long as we can all have a good, a good chat about it and all stay friends, that's the main thing. But um, I'm not sure. I think I've made a few enemies over your way, but... <laughs> <laughs> I got some nasty tweets from the, from the last one I did about the um, about the takeover. Yeah, <laughs> I really yeah. rattled a few cages that did, but I knew that was a good one. <laughs> right, let's let's go to the takeover because you sort of yeah. touched on it during, like you know, your first season, the fans' ownership. You, you wanted investment. I sort of counted that maybe it was a bit too early for that investment. Um, it wasn't by by uh, two years ago, and. Could you, like the rest of us, believe that two Hollywood stars wanted Wrexham? I mean, and also, the second question of that, were you jealous that you weren't there? Because I can imagine you would have loved all that. All that. My, my, missus is, my missus is jealous I'm not still there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's, she's dropped that in a few times, actually. <laughs> uh, do you know what? I, I don't think, I'm not jealous, no. I'm not jealous. Um, it is what it is, isn't it? You know, that's life. Um, I'm actually buzzing. I, I really am. I'm actually buzzing for the club um, because I genuinely have got lots and lots of love and admiration for the fans and the club. Um, you know, f- saving your own club and all putting your money in your pockets to, to save your own club. What I mean, what 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 a club? We were getting nine thousand fans last year. 9,000 fans in the National League. Like, it's unbelievable. Um, I'm genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, absolutely buzzing for every, everyone. I just, yeah, I wish it had probably happened a bit sooner, really. Yeah. Um, you know, if it happened, happened when I was there, then I might have been on a few more quid and we might have been able to get promoted. But... Um, yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed you can do it this year, but it's not easy. You know, money doesn't no. it doesn't guarantee your success, but what what are your thoughts on it then? I mean, you've got to be going in favourites, haven't you? 
I'd say so. I would say it's quite important that we kept. I, I mean, I, I sort of said this earlier that we were, we we got to a stage where we knew we would lose our t- top players. Yeah, now we're the big fish, but also we're keeping together a team. And I think, I think Parkinson didn't, re- his team didn't really perform up until January. He got some players in, he got the big lad up front, which made everything work. Ollie. Yeah, Ollie, yeah. Yeah, I played, uh, with, I played with Ollie at, Man- at Mansfield. Yeah. His first, his first uh, I think it was his first year in the league. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he seems a, you know, he, he he's doing well. Yeah, I'm totally, you know, he's six foot three, whatever, six foot four, maybe six foot five, but yeah. he gets around the pitch. You know, yeah. he's not he's not your Matt Reed who just sort of yeah stays yeah. in the same position. Ollie was a yeah. he, he's mobile target man. Yeah, yeah, and you got him, you got Mullin. We've managed to keep them together. If we get a few more defenders in, if we get a fit goalkeeper and maybe one or two creative players. Yeah, we've got good. We've got we've got a good squad in each, you know, each position. I know you say it's tough to get out, but I would imagine if we bring in the right sort of players in the next couple couple of weeks, I would say we might be the shortest odds ever to go yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. So who, who's who's the competition? Because Stockport have gone up, haven't they? So mm. there's one gone. Grimsby have gone up. Yeah, again, two best ones you could have hoped for there, really, exactly. because they've got a fan base. And, you know, uh, Scumfort and uh, Oldham. Uh, Oldham especially are a basket case. Yeah. I think you're looking, I mean, looking at Chesterfield signings, um, a lot of them have gone on potential. Yeah, so, Chesterfield, and uh, they'd be the biggest threat, do you think? South End as well, I think they'll get their act right. together. Liam, anyone yeah. else you can pick up? Um, only, but I don't know what York's team's like, but only because I noticed that they've got John Askey in charge now. He's always managed to do well with sort of a low budget. Might just be a surprise package, not necessarily, you know, top two, but I think they'll be, they might be up there. Yeah. And, you know, it's, as you said, you know, we, we've gone through a, a lot as a fan base and it's, I, not since the 2011, 12, you know, uh, 12 13 season, have I gone to a place knowing that there's a good chance we could win? Yeah, and yeah. that sort of feeling is the best feeling in the world yeah. because we we just haven't had it. We always knew that we could either beat someone 4 0 or lose 5 1, or it could be the direst 0 0 draw. But we go away from home now and at home thinking we've got a very good chance of winning, and that is just the best feeling um, as a football fan. And I think I've said this a few times on the pod. I, that was the playoff campaign where I didn't really, I wasn't really worried if we didn't go up because I knew yeah. we'd go up the next season. Now, if yeah. we got to the playoffs and we didn't go up that season anytime during the fan ownership, there's no guarantee we would get there the next the next season. But at the moment, there is. So obviously, overjoyed with what, what, what's happening to the club. And yeah, as you said, you know, 10,000 well, fans. How many season tickets have you sold? Six thousand eight hundred and fifty. <laughs> it's madness, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'll have to try. To yeah, well, you know, give us a give us a shout. Um, yeah, well, we'll be your bodyguards. I was gonna say, <laughs> I, might some, I might have to wear a mask and a hat. I mean, I think I think I've definitely pissed off a few people, but hopefully, um, 
hopefully they know that it's it's uh, it's all in jest um, and they won't attack me if I ever do come back down the race course. Now, this is why we do this podcast. It's the rehabilitation of Martin Riley live. <laughs> you can hear it. Thank you so much for your time. Absolutely, really enjoyed it. Thanks again to Martin Riley for his time, Andy. He was uh, very generous with his time, wasn't he? Yeah, it was, it was a good chat. You know, you sort, you've, you've sort of, well, I'd say meet people o- over Twitter, but you, have a, you think you have an idea of someone over Twitter and it proves to be untrue when you meet them. He was a very generous, honest fella, um, quite, a, quite a laugh. And I, I just think, as you've sort of said in the interview, he likes to wind people up sometimes. Uh, and as you said earlier, Reese, we all know someone like that, don't we? No comment. Uh, Liam's that. <laughs> Liam's the, the person like that in our group, isn't he? So very, very opinionated. I think me and uh, Martin Riley couldn't be po- further polar opposites in terms of politics and that sort of thing. But you know, he was all right to chat to. You know, he's not he's not belligerent in terms of when when you're speaking to him face to face, you can have a sensible conversation. And you know, at the end of the day. Like <laughs> I won't re- I won't requote that we all know someone like that, but he likes to wind people up. Um, he gets a reaction off fans, although he did note that he, he's not getting as much of a reaction. So I don't know if that means he wants more or, or not. So we'll, we'll say no on that. <laughs> we'll don't, be we'll be nice to him. <laughs> don't feed the trolls, guys. That's a lesson <laughs> for everyone. Uh, anyway, um, just before we go, preseason seems to be going well. The club's been releasing some content. Good to see Paul Mullin looking sharp, Tim. Yeah, looks like they they've been playing up at Lex down the road from from where I live, which is nice. But again, it comes back to to what Humphrey Carr was saying at Grossel Reds meeting earlier this year. That is that the one thing they, that they that the club severely lack is um, is training pitches. You know, having that facility. So it would have been nice to have seen them down at Colliers, but that'll be as and when as and when they allow them to to play there. So. Ultimately, you know, they're doing the bleep tests and all that. They're looking fit. They're looking sharp, as you'd expect at this stage, um, because, you know, it all kicks off at, at Natmanage Town on, on Saturday. Then the Macclesfield game sandwiched by still, as of yet, unknown Spanish waiters, isn't it? That in, uh, in, in Alicante, which obviously the club got a bit of stick for, uh, understandably. Um, they, they put out a bit of an update on that, so hopefully there'll be some be some more movement on on the, on the, the finer details ASAP because obviously it's frustrating for those fans who've um, who've put a financial outlay to go out and enjoy a bit of a holiday based around some Wrexham matches. So hopefully that'll that'll come to the surface soon. I can't I wait to see who we thing. play. Sorry, yeah. I can say that I can't wait to see who we play. Local local opposition. Dicky Vicky. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's in hospital. Daily Star exclusive. That um, <laughs> pray for Sticky Vicky. Best wishes to Sticky Vicky from all at the podcast. Right, what were you going to say before we go on to this subject? Uh, the only thing I was going to say is, um, oh, my mind's just full of Sticky Vicky now. Um, the only no, thing so, was so well known, that... only Andy can tell us about that bit. Crikey. Sorry, carry on. Uh, um, look, just it's good that the club have confirmed it's actually going ahead because the last thing they needed was a PR disaster of saying, we're going to Alicante, everyone books a, a hotel and a flight. And and then it's it's postponed or it's just a training trip. So you know it's good that they will play someone. And like you know you want you want to go away to Alicante. You want to have a few beers in the sun with your ex and mates. It doesn't matter who they really play, really, does it? Probably. Not. Oh, and when we beat Alicante, waiters eleven twenty four nil. 
we'll all agree, shooting practice. Anyway, uh, we've got lots of guests lined up over the next couple of months. Uh, if you've got any suggestions, please don't hesitate to send them in on Twitter uh, or by email, which is fidzine, F-I-D-Z-I-N-E, at gmail.com. Uh, but thanks for your time, and we'll speak to you soon. Oh, no, sorry, can we just say one thing? Uh, the book in your background, Brexit, are you, are you actually... Are you Martin Riley in disguise? <laughs> this is it's a book called The Brexit Club, which I haven't actually read. I don't know why it just makes me look like I'm sort of interested in current affairs. Um, I haven't brought myself to read it yet. Um, but yeah, it's, it's by Owen Bennett. I, I'm told it's very good. Uh, All right, um, right one, one other thing before we say goodbye. <laughs> what is around your dartboard? It looks like a training dartboard. Is it some sort of a halo? If you go it's a bowling, halo. Is it? It's a halo. It's yeah, a halo. it's the lights, mate. It's it. it I have oh, some serious. It? I play some serious darts up here. Hold on. Training dartboard. I thought. Yeah, I was like, what is it? <laughs> we have to have a screen grab so people know this. Oh right, it's okay. on. You can't see it so well in the light, but in the, when you have a dark evening, get the halo on. It means you don't have shadows on the board. It's beautiful. It looks fantastic. So you play darts in the dark, basically. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Okay. Right. While well, musing about Brexit. Yes, indeed. An insight into my Psyche. den. Yeah. Right, <laughs> anyway. Let's end here. Yeah, let's let's move on. Th- uh, thanks everyone for listening and we'll speak to you soon. Cheers. Cheers. Right. See you.